Hello, everyone, and welcome to Historically Haunted. It is officially October, and you know what that means. It's the month for witches, black cats, ghosts, and goblins to come out and materialize so they can go out and socialize. Happy October, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. This time, we will be taking a look at some notoriously haunted graveyards found in the United States of America. I actually got this idea from one of our listeners named Jim, who posted in the group page about a graveyard he went to visit with his wife. The graveyard that he went to visit is the Bachelor's Grove Cemetery, and he told me it is considered one of the most haunted cemeteries in the United States of America. So I decided to add Bachelor's Grove Cemetery to the list and find some other notoriously haunted graveyards and tell you all about them. So thank you so much, Jim, for giving me the idea. I also got a graveyard suggestion from another wonderful listener named Wade, and I will tell you all about that cemetery once I begin the show. If you really like Historically Haunted and you want to join the group page and talk about creepy, fun, happy things with all of us, why don't you go ahead and join the group page on Facebook? It is Historically Haunted. Right now, the cover photo has a picture of pumpkin on the top of it and it's got my logo there so you'll know. I love the group page. It's a fun way for me to connect with you guys and get to know you a lot better and I really love that you guys are starting to interact with me. It's so much fun. I have also been getting a lot of wonderful feedback from you guys and I appreciate it so much so thank you all for your kind words and thank you so much for being with me as I cover these haunted locations. And of course, thank you to all my wonderful Patreons for supporting the show. It's really helping me out, especially in these crazy times right now. If you don't know, I have a Patreon page that I try to post at least three bonus episodes every month. And the last episode I did was on the history of the Ouija board. And the next one is going to be coming out in a week or so. And it's going to be on the history of tarot cards. I also talked about the Black Monk House in last month's edition as well. And if you sign up to be Patreon, I will send you a thank you card with a few stickers of the logo on it. The link to my Patreon page is down below if you want to check that out. I also got a shout out on a Facebook page called Dyslexia Inspired. It's a page dedicated to artists who have dyslexia. And if you are new to the show, I am a loud and proud dyslexic adult who won't apologize for making mistakes that I make when I read or sometimes my spelling is off because it's just how I was born. And even though growing up, I hated having dyslexia, now as an adult, I see that I can help spread awareness of dyslexia and let people out there know that struggle with it, that it's okay to struggle with it and you can still pursue your dreams. If you want to learn more about dyslexia, please go to my website at historicallyhaunted.net and click that more information about dyslexia tab. One more thing before I begin the episode, I got another iTunes review. This one is from the username Charismanikin. I hope I said that right. It reads, this podcast is incredibly interesting. The host, Ariel, is easy to listen to and does well at sharing stories and blending history and spooky stuff. So thank you so much for that review. Reviews on iTunes are super helpful, especially for really small shows like me to find more listeners. So I really appreciate any and all reviews that I get from you guys. It's awesome. Thank you all so much. Okay, guys, are you ready for some spooky graveyard haunts? I know I am. As we wander among those tombstones, let's keep an eye out because some of the residents might not all be sleeping peacefully beneath your feet. But of course, we will first do our monstrous moment. 
Stories of encounters from strange beasts lurking deep in the forests, on snowy mountaintops, and in dark caves have been told throughout the generations, turning to legend. But what if I told you that many of these creatures are still spotted today? I call these monstrous moments, and I invite you to listen to this week's monstrous encounter. Irish tales that send chills down people's spines, the headless rider who comes for your soul, the boogeyman and leprechauns, but tonight on our Monsters Moment, I will be talking about something that has scared people for centuries, the banshee. Banshees are known to take on many forms, and the legend has changed over the centuries. The first mention of a banshee can be traced back to the 8th century in Celtic Irish folklore. During this time period, there were certain women who would be called upon to sing a sorrowful song to lament the death of someone. These women were called neeners, and they often accepted alcohol as payment for their songs. These women were also said to be sinners that were punished by being doomed to become a banshee over time. Other legends said that the banshee is a type of fairy that would come to warn a family of a death that was fast approaching. There are stories that say that a banshee might attach itself to a certain family, and if they cared about the family, they would appear as beautiful women in a white dress or cloak and sing a haunting song to warn their loving families to be careful and be prepared that someone in the family is about to die. Then we have the most famously scary version of the banshee. They normally show up as a horrifying hag with their hair falling out and dressed in a gray or black cloak, screaming their heads off with a bone-chilling scream that would scare even grown men. Some of these horrifying figures do attach themselves to families, but normally they have a hatred towards the family. In this version of the tale, the banshee is more of a specter of a woman that hated the family when she was alive. Maybe the family mistreated her, or maybe they did something more sinister. After the woman passes on, she would come back in the form of a banshee to torment that family for the rest of their lives. When they scream their terrifying scream, they are not warning the family of death to come. Instead, they are celebrating the death to come with their haunting wails. In another more terrifying version of this specter is the story that the banshee is the ghost of a young girl that died in a tragic and or brutal way. She then appears to her family as a warning that there will be a violent death coming to the family. But she doesn't appear as a beautiful woman. This banshee appears as an old woman in rags with long fingernails and rotting teeth. She has a gaping mouth that screams uncontrollably. She also has red eyes that if you dare look into them will cause you immediate death. There is yet another version of this tale that talks of a more evil version of the banshee that wanders around looking for people to torment and drive them either insane or drives them to commit suicide. Some banshees have been known to kill people by tearing them to stretch with her long fingernails while she screams into the night. These banshees are often seen wailing and pulling their hair out in the woods near fairy mounds or near abandoned castles. Today, people think that these are nothing more than a scary bedtime story, but some people who still believe the old Irish folklore still say that a banshee will either haunt you, try to warn you, or try to kill you with her screams and evil hatred. Whatever version of the banshee you know about, I know I never want to run into one.
Did you know that rating and reviewing your favorite podcast shows on iTunes is one of the best ways to help others find the show? Also, sharing the podcast with your friends and family will help spread the word that Historically Haunted is out there and waiting to be listened to. Please go to my website, historicallyhaunted.net, for more ways to support the show, like links to my Patreon page and more. All right, guys, it's time for Haunted Graveyards. First things first, what is the difference between a cemetery and a graveyard? If you know, that's great, but I didn't, so I got stuck thinking about it, and I wanted to look it up and find out why some places are called graveyards and why some places are called cemeteries. The term graveyard comes from the 7th century Europe, and it's during this time period that the job of burying the dead fell only on the Christian churches. The only legal way to bury a loved one at this time was to have them buried on church property. This is why today many old churches in Europe have graveyards in the churchyard. This worked for a long time until the population began to boom across Europe, causing churchyard graveyards to be overrun with dead waiting to be buried. By the end of the 18th century, the law was changed to allow bigger plots for the dead. These were then called cemeteries to distinguish the difference between a church-owned graveyard. Today, the name cemetery and graveyard means basically the same thing, and it is up to the owner of the land to choose the name for the final resting places of the dead. For our first haunted cemetery, I chose Valley Street Cemetery, located in Manchester, New Hampshire. This cemetery was suggested by our listener, Wade. Thanks, Wade, for the suggestion, and he also had a personal story, which I'm going to talk about in the end of this. Valley Street Cemetery opened in 1841, and it quickly became a popular place for elite families to be buried at the cemetery. There's also a pauper section that holds mass graves from several cholera outbreaks that plagued the city in the 1850s. People who visit the graveyard today claim to feel uneasy in places as well as cold spots even on hot days. Shadow figures and apparitions have also been reportedly seen day and night as well as the sound of voices on the wind. Whispers and murmuring of conversation from behind tombstones has also been reported. Some visitors to the cemetery have reported they have the feeling that someone is holding their hand. Others have claimed to feel unseen hands on their shoulders. The Smith family mausoleum is said to be haunted. An old man in a bad mood is said to give off negative energy. Negative energy is felt mostly by those who are sensitive, but there is someone else who likes to hang around the mausoleum. A ghost of a young woman who gives off a much happier and positive vibe. Yet mediums who have come to the cemetery say they think the woman is afraid of the grumpy old man. Our listener Wade had a very strange experience happen to him when he ran back to the graveyard looking for his one-year-old daughter's shoe. Wade was kind enough to send me an email and tell me the story that said he used to live near the Valley Street Cemetery and they would go visit often. One evening, they took his one-year-old daughter with them on a walk around the graveyard. When they got home, he noticed his daughter's shoe was missing, so he ran back to the cemetery to try to find it before local law enforcement locked it up for the night. It was almost dark when he went into the graveyard and he knew they would be locking up soon. He was inside looking for the shoe when he rounded a corner and found a group of turkey vultures just staring at him. He decided to leave to go home and come back the next morning. And I probably would have done the same thing. Turkey vultures in a graveyard? That's kind of creepy. So the very next morning, he went back and found not only his daughter's shoe, but her rattle and stuffed Elmo as well on the ground. They did not notice that Elmo or rattle were missing the night before, just her shoe. When he went to take a closer look, he realized that all three of the items were laying a good 
six feet away from the path, placed in a straight line as if someone put them there. When Wade and his family went for walks, they made sure to always stay on the path, so the placement of the three items was very odd. When he went to pick them up, he realized the grave markers the toys were sitting near were many graves of young children. It was as if maybe the children's spirits found the toys in the graveyard and brought them back to play overnight and then put them out for someone to find them in the morning. Stoll Cemetery is located in Stoll, Kansas. The town was settled by the Pennsylvania Dutch in the middle of the 1800s. The Evangelical Emanuel Church and Cemetery was opened in 1860. The Evangelical Emanuel Church was abandoned in 1922 and left to decay after a new church was built across the road. There are two known tragedies that have occurred to this small town and both occurred during the 20th century. The first is that of a young boy, Oliver, who wandered into the field that had been set on fire by his father. He was burned and died from his injuries. The second was a man who was found hanging from a tree. The legends about the cemetery have supposedly gone back to over a hundred years. However, what seemed to have sparked the legends was an article that appeared in a student newspaper of the University of Kansas called the University Daily Kansan in November 1974. This article stated that many strange things happen in the cemetery. It also claimed that the devil himself appears in Stoll two times a year, on Halloween and on the spring equinox. Another newspaper article, this time in the Kansas City Times in 1980, increased interest in the rumors about Stoll Cemetery and Church. This article reported the story of the devil choosing to visit here on Halloween at the witching hour. Due to these articles and rumors flying, more and more people began visiting and tales emerged of occurrences such as strange winds and sounds coming from the tombstones and even memory lapses. In the 70s and 80s, people would visit on Halloween and the evening of the spring equinox. There was also a tall pine tree in the cemetery that was called the hanging tree, where a witch was supposedly hung from. The graveyard began to deteriorate from the increased numbers of people walking around in vandalism. It was estimated that on Halloween night of 1888, nearly 500 people visited the cemetery and caused damage to the old church and gravestones. So, in 1889, the Sheriff's Department stationed deputies outside the cemetery grounds to prevent sightseers from entering. They handed out tickets to anyone caught trespassing on the grounds. The stories that come out of Stoll Cemetery cannot be proven or documented, but that does not stop people from telling of strange stories that happen in the cemetery. There is a local legend that goes like this. Two young men were visiting the cemetery one night when a strong wind suddenly began to blow. They got scared and ran back to their car, only to be shocked to discover that the car had moved to the other side of the road and was facing in the opposite direction from where it was parked. Local residents claim they have never heard such stories, and they have been actually annoyed by the stories that bring visitors to their small town. They did not appreciate the graves of their families and town founders being disturbed and vandalized. A chain-link fence was erected around the grounds. The city had the hanging tree cut down in 1998, and the church was bulldozed in 2003. The legend of Stoll Cemetery has been mentioned in many areas of pop culture, including music, movies, and TV shows, and there is a still fierce debate to whether this cemetery is actually haunted at all or if it is all chalked up to urban legend.
Silver Cliff Cemetery is located outside of the Silver Cliff Mining Town in Silver Cliff, Colorado. The community was founded in the early 1800s. During this time, the town was the third largest in Colorado with a population over 5,000. The nearby Geyser Mines was the deepest silver mine in Colorado and the oldest headstone dates back to 1889. I thought I would find many cases of mining accidents from the late 1800s to the 1900s, but I could only find one. In 1885, there was an explosion in nearby Bull Domingo mine that killed 10 miners. The explosion damaged the equipment that supplied the miners with air. The superintendent was blamed for the accident due to his carelessness, and he barely escaped a lynching mob by friends of the men who had died. The cemetery is famous for the reporting of blue dancing lights seen at night. Witnesses claim that the Lights look like blue lanterns bobbing along. Other people say that the lights look like white spheres. The light seems to float throughout the cemetery, bouncing on headstones. The cemetery and its mysterious lights were featured in the August 1969 National Geographic magazine. The author of the article, named Edward J. Linhan, wrote about his eyewitness account saying, Dim, round spots of blue-white light glowed eternally among the graves. The first people to ever see these lights were a group of miners who were taking a shortcut to town after a bachelor party in 1882. Apparently, they got lost and ended up at the cemetery. They saw several white and blue lights all around them floating freely. The best chance of seeing these lights are on cloudy or hazy nights. The most popular explanation is that these lights are the ghosts of former miners that haunt the grounds. The lights are thought to be the lanterns miners would use to go down into the mine shafts. But personally, I wonder if we have something elemental here. The way people describe these lights as free-flowing little balls of light that kind of zip in and out, it makes me think of more of an elemental. And if you don't know what an elemental is, I think I'm going to be doing an episode on those in the near future. On the other hand, if it is miners who are still taking their lanterns up the mountain, it's kind of a sad thought. One of the largest cemeteries in North America is Resurrection Cemetery in Justice, Illinois, near Chicago. The cemetery opened in 1912, and it is a Roman Catholic burial ground. The cemetery has over 152,000 graves and 5,300 crypts in the mausoleum. The most famous ghost connected to the cemetery is Resurrection Mary. She is the main character in a well-known ghost story that you have probably heard of yourself, The Vanishing Hitchhiker. I also talked about Mary in my Urban Legends episode I did last year. People believe that the ghost Resurrection Mary is actually the real-life Mary Bergovi, who was killed in a car accident in 1934 while coming home from a dance she was attending at the O'Henry Ballroom. Today, this ballroom is called the Willowbrook Ballroom. There have been reports of many sightings of Resurrection Mary since the late 1930s. The stories of men seeing her at the ballroom were frequent. She dances with men and then asks them for a ride home, vanishing when they pass by the cemetery. She has also been seen along nearby roads hitchhiking. In 1979, a taxi driver claimed he picked up a young woman walking along the road. She was dressed in a white 1930s-style outfit. He chatted with the girl as he drove, but when the cab passed by Resurrection Cemetery, she disappeared from the front seat. 
One of the more famous encounters with Resurrection Mary starts right at the cemetery itself. The wrought iron gates has burn marks in it that look like handprints. One night in August 1976, the Justice Police Department got a call from a man who said that he saw a girl that looked like she was locked inside the cemetery. A police officer searched with a spotlight but could not find her. He did notice that two of the bars on the gate had been bent apart. There were also what looked like handprints left on the green patina of the gate. The word of this incident quickly spread and crowds of people came to the cemetery to see for themselves. Workers tried to ease the markings using a blowtorch, but that that ended up blackening them more and making them easier to see. However, the cemetery claimed that the markings were simply made by a truck backing into it. Whatever you believe, sightings of Resurrection Mary still happen to this day, and she is still the most famous ghost found at Resurrection Cemetery. Bachelor's Grove Cemetery was suggested by our listener, Jim, and he posted some wonderful photos of the cemetery on our group page, so please go check them out. Bachelor's Grove Cemetery can be found in Midlothian, Illinois. It is one of the oldest cemeteries in Cook County. The graves start at around 1836, and they end by around the 1950s. It is divided into 82 plots with 200 graves. It is also believed to be one of the most haunted cemeteries in the United States. The cemetery is supposedly named for a group of single men who first settled in the area in the early 1800s hence the name Bachelor's Grove. The houses the men lived in, along with other pioneer settlements, have since been demolished or simply fell apart and deteriorated due to the elements. You can still see some of the foundations sticking out of the heavily wooded area around the cemetery. Though the houses are no more, this does not explain why people visiting the cemetery claim to see phantom houses that will sometimes just randomly appear in the woods near the creek and then vanish into thin air. Could this be maybe time slips? The most common reports of paranormal activity are floating orbs of light that hover and bounce over the tombstones at night. The cemetery also has a what they call a body dump pond in the back of the property. There is a pond that is just behind the cemetery that is a cesspool drainage pond for the local sewer system. This drainage pond sits right next to the old highway that was used by Prohibition gangsters. The local legend says that this pond was used by Al Capone himself as one of his favorite dumping grounds for bodies for people that he had killed. People who go to the area report feeling a heavy presence, and some have even said they heard a large splash in the water, but then when they go to investigate, find no ripples in the pond to indicate that something had been thrown into it. There is a tombstone found at this graveyard that simply has the word infant daughter written on it. People bring this grave toys, and some people have seen orbs bouncing around the tombstone. Hearing a baby crying in the area in the early morning hours is also common. One of the more famous ghosts in this cemetery is that of the seated lady. A famous photo was taken inside the cemetery, and in this photo, you can easily see a woman sitting on a tombstone. The photographer swears that there was no one in the graveyard at the time he took the photo. Real or not, visitors to the cemetery have said they too have been walking around inside only to see a woman in white sitting on the very tombstone before she vanishes. Then, of course, we have the legends of devil worshippers that come to the graveyard at night and try to raise hell. Literally. These stories really took off during the 80s when the country was going through the satanic panic age. But whether that happened or not, it is still undocumented. However, vandalism was going on at the cemetery throughout the 60s, 70s, and 80s. But today, Bachelors Grove Cemetery is more maintained. But this does not mean that people still don't see shadow figures darting between the tombstones and hear voices on the wind.
St. Louis Cemetery No. 1 in New Orleans is the oldest cemetery in the city. The cemetery was established in 1789, and it is also thought to be the most haunted cemetery in New Orleans, and some say in the whole United States. This graveyard is different than what you are probably thinking of. If you have never been there like I hadn't, I would encourage you to go to Google and look up pictures of this graveyard. The best way I can describe it is it's only one block in size. It has all above ground crypts and mausoleums. It holds 700 tombs and has over 100,000 bodies and more are added every month as this is still a working cemetery. The old tombs are jammed close together in winding pathways with broken cobblestones. It looks amazing and super creepy, but also in a weird way, elegantly pretty, in a very macabre type of way. It's one of the most popular cemeteries to visit, and they even do tours through the cemetery. Famous American author Mark Twain nicknamed the graveyard the City of the Dead, and the cemetery has been used for filming locations for many movies, such as Easy Rider and Interview with the Vampire. The beauty of these old tombs are amazing alone, but most people come here in hopes to catch a glimpse of the famous ghosts that are said to reside inside the graveyard stone walls. The ghost stories from this cemetery stretch back almost 200 years, but perhaps the most famous ghost is that of Madame Marie Laveau. Known as the voodoo queen of New Orleans, Marie was said to know all the secrets of people from all levels of society. Hundreds of people, rich and poor, black and white, flocked to her for guidance, help with spells, and even sometimes curses of others. When we think of voodoo, everyone seems to think of it as being a devil-worshipping thing, but it's really not. And when I did a lot of research on Marie Laveau, I found out that she was actually a devout Catholic. And at this time, what she was doing, the voodoo witchcraft stuff, wasn't completely outside the guidelines of being able to be a Catholic. So when apparently when you would enter her house to ask her for her help, she had a little like altar set up, but it was mostly of like Jesus Christ and God and Mary and that kind of thing. A far cry from what mostly people think of probably voodoo having like nothing but like pagan symbols everywhere. She earned her reputation and by the end she was so famous that she was the go-to person for even the high society types who had a problem and thought that they needed her help. But she was also thought to be dangerous because, like I said, she knew everyone's secrets. If rumors are to be believed, she even helped a couple politicians earn their seat in office. And to make it even more fascinating, during this time period, she was of mixed race. So these were high society, white people, probably slave owners, coming to her, giving her lots of money, showing her respect and asking for her help. After her death, her ghost has reportedly been seen at many locations. She has been seen happily wandering throughout the French Quarter area as well as in her old home at 1022 St. Anne Street. When she is seen in spirit form, she is said to be most recognizable by her red and white turban on her head. Her dress is also extremely colorful. The most famous place to see her spirit, however, is by her graveyard or in the graveyard's winding pathways. Her gravesite is a large tomb with her name on it, and it is here that most activity is reported. For the non-believers who scoff at her beliefs, she has been known to scratch, pinch, and shove people to the ground. People from all over come here to her tomb to ask her to grant them wishes or favors. If you want to ask her to grant a wish or favor for you, you are supposed to mark the tomb with three X's while you say aloud your wish. According 
According to legend, if the wish is granted, you must return to her grave and leave her a gift. If not, she will send you bad luck. Sadly, this legend has led so many people to vandalize her grave site that the city began to close the cemetery to the general public, and they did this in 2015 in hopes to stop vandals. But it has not stopped some people from still sneaking inside to mark up her tomb. Some people who visit the cemetery claim to hear talking from inside her tomb as well as feeling ill and the presence of dark energy. The spirit of a sailor is also said to haunt the cemetery. The story goes like this. A sailor named Henry Verges did not have a place to call home and he lived his life on the high seas. Once before he left for a trip, he asked a woman of the boarding house he was staying in to watch over some important papers for him. In the papers were deeds to his family plot inside the cemetery. She promised him she would take good care of them, and he left only to come back a few months later to find that the woman had stolen the papers and sold the family plot. He could not do anything about it, for she had the paperwork forged to make it look like her own. And poor Henry had no proof that the paperwork was even his to begin with. Sadly, Henry got ill and passed away soon after this, and he was buried in an unmarked grave instead of his family's tomb where he should have been. This left the spirit of Henry to not be at rest. Many people have reported to see his ghost wandering throughout the graveyard. It seems like he likes to walk to the tomb that should have been his, and he stands there looking at it longingly before vanishing. People have even caught EVPs in the pauper's area and what is thought to be his lost tomb saying, I need to rest. And apparently his ghost has been caught on camera as well. Henry is not the only ghost that seems to be lost and wants to find his way home. The ghost of a man named Alphonse is known to take the hand of visitors and pull them to a stop. When the visitor looks up to see what had stopped them, they see the ghost of a smiling Alphonse asking them to bring him home before he vanishes. He has also been seen gathering flowers from other graves and then placing them on his own before he vanishes. Which, that said, someone please bring Alphonse some real flowers. No one really knows the story of Alphonse, but it seems like something had happened, like he was maybe murdered or betrayed by someone from the Pinard family. If a visitor gets too close to the Pinard's family tomb, Alphonse's ghost will appear suddenly and warn you to stay away from it. This graveyard has so many ghost stories and sightings that it is really hard to cover to condense into one little episode. The ghosts of Civil War soldiers have been seen all over the graveyard, as well as victims from yellow fever epidemics that were responsible for thousands of deaths. Strange voices, screams, moans, and conversations have been heard both by the naked ear and on EVP recordings. Women in big hoop skirts, dresses from the antebellum days have been seen wandering throughout the graveyard before vanishing into thin air, and strange smells of perfume have also been reported. If you ever go to a cemetery, first, of course, be respectful, and second, keep an eye out. You might just get to see one of the departed souls that might not have decided to depart after all. you guys all enjoyed this fun episode of some haunted graveyards i will see you guys again real soon please make sure to check out the historically haunted group cage and become a member so we can have fun talking about spooky and of course kind things also i made a q a video for you guys a couple weeks ago and i had a t-shirt on that celebrates route 66 100th year anniversary which is coming up if you haven't seen that video i wanted to talk about the shirt real quick it is from a website that one of our listeners started and if you want to support the small businesses on the mother 
Thunder Road, please go to onestopshop66.com to get yourself a t-shirt and support small businesses and small town stores that are on the Mother Road. I have a link down below. And if you want to check out the video, the Historically Haunted YouTube page. I also have a link to that down below. Now, real quick, I just wanted to talk to you guys about that YouTube channel. Something happened with my podcast host and it is no longer letting me put up any of my podcasts on that specific website. I don't know what happened. I've been in contact with them a couple of times and they still haven't given me a definitive answer. And I just can't make the videos on my own because it takes too much time to upload. So sadly, I might have to drop the YouTube channel altogether. I'll see how it goes, but it's really frustrating. And I'm sorry if anyone's been trying to listen on there and it looks like I just stopped. I promise I haven't. It's just something is wrong with the podcast host that I use and I'm still trying to fix it. But I'll keep it up for things like my Q&A video where you guys can get to know me a little bit better. Make sure you guys add me on Instagram and Twitter at Historically Haunted and email me your personal paranormal stories at historicallyhaunted.313 at gmail.com so I can do another listeners episode. That's what my my goals. I want to do another listeners episode. So if you have a personal paranormal experience, email it to me so I can tell everybody else about it. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, I hope you guys have a fantastic couple of weeks. And before I go, I wanted to tell you that the official Halloween episode this year is going to be the history and hauntings found in Salem, Massachusetts. So I'm super excited about that episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. I will see you guys all real soon. And of course, happy Halloween. (laughs) Ha 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 